Coming up on this episode of the Endpoint Zone, we're going to talk about the feedback that you've given through Gartner's peer review system. We're going to talk about conditional access and actually walk you through how we pioneered the concept of conditional access in a world of cloud services and mobile devices. And we're going to show you some super exciting stuff around Windows Defender ATP, integration with Microsoft Intune, and conditional access. Hey, welcome to the Endpoint Zone with Brad Anderson. This is episode 1805. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff coming up uh, in this episode of the show. Uh, we're going to start off, though, with um, with a little bit of thinking about where customers think we are with our products right now. Yeah, in fact, let me put up on the screen here. One of the one of the things that I've always believed in terms of you know recognition and 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 you know these different awards that are given is the things that to me are the most valuable is when a customer says, hey this provider is, is giving me great service. And so, you know, this week, Gartner announced what they call their Peer Insights um, Customer Choice Awards. And Config Manager was recognized by customers as one of the, the Customer Choice Awards, you know, being the best service, the best, you know, the best capabilities delivering what it says it's going to do uh, in the area of, of, um, of device management and of, and of endpoint management. And so we're ecstatic about this because, you know, like I said, as engineers, for us, the, the, the most important recognition, the best recognition, is when our customers tell us, hey, you're doing a great job and the product you've delivered delivers on its promises. It makes me better. It helps our organization to be effective. So I, I love this. And to me, this is the most valuable and the most um, you know, impactful feedback to me in terms of recognition in the, in the industry. Yeah, and you tie that in with, the, uh, with just the fact that we know that 130 plus million devices are being managed by Configma. That's, a, that's a, an amazing thing that we have there. Yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing to watch the growth on this and, and it's amazing to learn as, as we, we understand how, you know, people are using different capabilities. And then, of course, you know, you think about the co-management, how you can just extend that into the cloud, start taking advantage of all the capabilities in the cloud. We're seeing the co-management really beginning to take off how it's being used. And the key thing there is, you know, you should think about Intune as the edge of your configuration manager deployment. And Intune just adds all this value. Like we're going to talk about this in a minute. Conditional access is the most important thing that I think every customer on the planet should have deployed. And by enabling co-management, just instantly you get the ability to do co-management across all of your devices. And if you want to see a little bit more on co-management, go check out our previous episode to this, which is uh, 1804. In fact, actually quite a few people have been checking it yeah, out. Yeah, you had, you, had, you had to share some of the numbers on that. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. We're pretty proud of this. Around about 254,000 people by the time we're recording this one watched the last show. So apparently we've got a little bit of a hit on our hands with the co-management thing. Yeah, and, and cool. even what was more impressive to me than the 254,000 views was the number of minutes. Oh yeah. You know, so we're well over 3 million minutes that people were watching that video. Mm -hmm. And you think about that, that's a mind-boggling number. Really and so, is. you know, uh, it's, it's fantastic and it's great to see that kind of impact and that kind of interest in, you know, that was, that was expressly about co-management in the last episode. Yeah, it really was. And uh, we've had a lot of great feedback on that, uh, on that technology itself. Another really cool piece of technology that we've been seeing a lot of feedback on uh, from customers and that comes up in virtually every single customer conversation that we have is conditional access. Yeah. And I think a lot of people out there kind of need to um, grasp still the, the overarching view and vision that we had yeah. with conditional access. So can you tell yeah, us I thought, I thought we'd start a little bit of a whiteboard on that. Uh, and then, you know, kind of show some of it in action in terms of how we apply conditional access. And so to begin with here, the thing that I would say is this, again, I think is the most important thing that everybody in the world needs to deploy. So first of all, as I, as I think about what we're trying to do with organizations, what I hear from customers, I think part of my job is to just really simplify what I hear from customers, what the, the direction we give the engineering team to work on. And so what we really hear is organizations saying, I want to ensure that only trusted users 
on trusted devices using trusted apps get access to my data. And if you really think about what IT is trying to do it, really you can boil it down to these four constructs. There's users mm -hmm. on devices using apps, apps getting access to data. That data may be on-prem, that data may be in the cloud, there's data that's being shared, there's data on devices, and so we have to protect that data, we have to protect access as well as protect the data in all those environments. But this is where every organization starts with, you know, and, and if we could have a point of view on trust of every user, on trust of every device, and trust of every app, and then in real time be able to make a determination if access should be granted based upon policy, that's what every organization is looking for. But it's just not necessarily trusted devices because pretty, pretty quickly it goes, well, what on BYO devices? What about somebody trying to access corporate resources on their home PC? And by definition, a home PC is untrusted because it's unmanaged. And so you pretty quickly get into this, the, the, these scenarios of you have a trusted user on an untrusted device and you want to give them access to data, but what do you do? Because the last thing every organization wants to have is corporate data, confidential data, left on an untrusted device. Mm -hmm. okay? And so this is where conditional access really comes into play. So let me kind of like just diagram a little bit more about how we've done this for decades and how it has changed. For decades, what we've done is we've built walls around our companies, and these were network perimeters. And so all the data was sitting behind these network perimeters. And then if, say, you, know, you were an iPad and you wanted to get access to the data, you had to pass through the perimeter. And at that perimeter, at that security wall, the firewall, we would verify things like, you know, you would have to authenticate so you could see, oh, it's a trusted user. Mm -hmm. um, we would verify the configuration of the device. I don't know how many times over the years I've tried to dial up through the Microsoft VPN going back years ago. And because I didn't meet a specific patch level, it would take me, you know, 20 minutes to get the system patched in order to pass through the VPN. But our, our entire security model for decades as an industry was based upon this perimeter-based model where the assumption was if you protect the perimeter, you can protect all the data behind the firewall. Okay? Yeah. As, flawed as, that, as flawed as that assumption is, that was the, the model. Okay? Now this model completely gets put on its head when you think about cloud services. So now if we go back to the diagram here. If I'm now trying to access a cloud service, like say this is Exchange Online. Now what's happening is the device is talking directly to the cloud service. It's not going back through the firewall and then out to the cloud service. There's a couple of companies who tell me they try to do this. Mm -hmm. This is not the way that the internet works. This is not how cloud services and mobile devices work. And so if you think about this in a world where you are literally having devices talking directly to your cloud services, the concept of conditional access has to change. And this is, this, is, this is work that we had to go pioneer. And the way that we came into this is we had lots of these early customers who were deploying Office 365 come to us and say, you know, Microsoft, listen, we love Office 365. We love the value. We love the vision here. But we had this problem. Our, our traditional perimeter-based security model doesn't enable us to protect the data. So mm -hmm. well, how can you help us? And that's where we pioneered this concept of conditional access in the cloud. And this is one of the places that we led the market in innovation. And so now let me kind of walk you through how conditional access works. Uh, and let me, uh, let me kind of, so, so you can, I'm going to simplify it here to help everyone understand the different pieces of it. So what happens when, uh, when a device requests access from say, oops, let me get that back there. When a device requests access from a service like Exchange Online, first of all, the request goes up and it says, hey, Brad wants access to email. He's using iPad 2. He's using Outlook. And he's in Seattle. This actually is what goes up every time a request is made to one of the Office 365 services. Mm -hmm. Now what happens is Exchange Online has a conversation with two of the other Microsoft 365 cloud services. It has a conversation with Azure Active Directory and with Intune. And essentially it says the following. It says, okay, hey Azure Active Directory, 
Do you trust Brad? And what we've been able to build through the intelligent security graph we talked about is this perspective now on is that user a trusted identity? Mm -hmm. Every identity in our system is, is classified as high, medium, low risk, or no risk. Mm -hmm. yep. And so, you know, we now can respond back with a view, a very well-informed view, if we think that this is a safe identity, or if there is some reason we think that the identity has been compromised. Likewise, Exchange Online has a conversation that says, hey, Intune, do you trust this device and do you trust this app? And inside of Intune, you know, we have a view on the compliance of the device. We have view fed from our partners, like all the mobile threat defender partners, like Lookout and SkyCure and Zimperi and others. But we have a point of view now on if that device is trusted or if there's, for some reason, you may not want to trust it. Like you may have a piece of software on it that has malware, or maybe it's not, um, it, it, it doesn't have encryption enabled, or it doesn't have a power on password. And so what happens is AAD and Intune respond back to Exchange Online, and you get this composite view of trust of user, device, and app, and then location comes into play because if we see, for example, that a user account is trying to authenticate from an atypical location, mm -hmm. that actually causes us to say, well, maybe this identity may be compromised because Brad, you know, historically doesn't work from that location. And one of the fascinating things about this is we do all this in less than 200 milliseconds. Because we have this view that we're trying to build the modern workplace that is loved by users and trusted by IT. So this 200 milliseconds is, is, is critical because the users expect the experience to be fast and fluid. And this happens like a billion times a day today. Mm -hmm. And only if the, this, this, this view of risk on identity, device, and app meets the criteria that are defined by IT does email flow down. That's pretty cool. So it really does mean that the only way to get your access to your data on your device is to have a trusted device in a trusted location with a trusted app. Um, and a trusted and user. Trusted user. Yep. And, and the point that I really try to help everybody understand on this is the most important thing for you to protect is your identity. Mm -hmm. Because as we look at all the security breaches, it seems like we read about every day, 80% yeah. of those, more than 80%, eventually trace back to somebody's user credentials having been compromised. It might be phished, it might be guessed. A couple of interesting data points here. You know, if you know where to look on the web, you can find an identity for almost any company on the planet for less than $1,000. You can buy one, okay? And so as a part of EMS, what we do is you go scan those places and look for identities that are put up for sale. I'll give you another example. Um, you know, I, I travel quite a bit, but the system knows where I travel a lot. And when it detects that there's something out of the ordinary, it, it, it says, well, hey, I'm going to raise the risk level of Brad. So, you know, last summer, two of my daughters were working in a leprosy colony doing some volunteer work in India. And so we went, we went and picked them up. Mm -hmm. I got to the hotel. It had been several years since I'd been in India. And, I, and the first thing when I got to the hotel, turned on the Wi-Fi, I said, hey, I need to verify that that's Brad because Brad is working from an atypical location. And this is that concept of is it a trusted user or is there something that may tell us that it's a compromised user? So it come up and automatically challenged me with a multi-factor authentication, which for me is my thumbprint on my iPhone. Bam, I was in. But it verified who I was. And this is what's unique about what we have built inside of Microsoft 365 is this concept of being able to have a point of view that is informed on intelligence from the cloud. Is it a trusted user? Is it a trusted device? Is it a trusted app? And the aggregate view of that then gates access to your content, your data, your apps. Now I use Exchange Online as an example here. We've done this integration work with thousands of cloud apps. Mm -hmm. Actually, last episode or the episode before that, you mapped out the yeah. Azure Active Directory proxy, which enables us to apply all this, all this logic to your on-premises apps and data. Yep. And so this concept of conditional access now applies to all your on-prem data, all your cloud data, and it gives us an ability to protect access for all your users on all their devices. It really is a remarkable set of capabilities. And 
it is an M365 capability. It runs across all of those services because it's all driven by uh, identity. Of course, there's a lot to M365. We've got Office, we've got EMS, and we've got Windows. And within Windows, we mm -hmm. actually have some different types of, of threats that we need to think about there. And Windows E5 gives us Windows Defender ATP. That's right. And so let me just kind of draw a scenario here. Go back to the whiteboard for a minute because I want you to help understand how all this data comes together for us. For several years, we've been building this cloud service that we call the Intelligent Security Graph, okay? ISG. And the Intelligent Security Graph is the place where we're now beginning to bring all of the telemetry from all the services that Microsoft um, operates into mm -hmm. one place. Yeah. And then in that, you apply the power of AI, the power, the power of machine learning, and it gives us some very interesting perspectives. So let's just talk about, let's take two minutes and talk about the Intelligent Security Graph. First of all, today Microsoft services 450 billion authentications. That's 15 billion a day. And everything that we see in those authentications feeds into this intelligent security graph. So think about anytime any user comes up to use Office, anytime a user uses any of our consumer services, we get back signal that we can then learn from. Mm -hmm. We scan 400 billion emails every single month. Wow. And the reason we scan these emails is we're looking for the phishing attacks. We're mm -hmm. looking for the different things. And so if we see a URL that comes in or an attachment, automatically in the cloud, that email is put into what we call a detonation chamber. The URL is visited, and then we watch to see if anything suspicious happens when that URL is visited. And what that allows us to see is we can see a phishing attack that happens in one part of the world or for one customer, and because all that information feeds into the intelligence security graph, we learn from it, and we can apply that logic to all the customers on the planet. You know, there's well over a million customers that are using Office 365 today. We patch more than one billion PCs every month, you know, through, uh, through Windows Update and through our, our services, and each one of those patching instances sends back more than just success or fail. We get back different views about, is there a new rootkit? Is there a new attack that is happening? But you think about this, you know, everything that we do in terms of Azure, all that feeds into the intelligent security graph. You'd be amazed what we learn on Xbox Live. You know, I guess people want to try to hack the system to increase mm -hmm. their gamer score. Yeah. But the meta point here is, is now inside of the intelligent security graph, we collect all this data and we have some unique value. So as an example, I talked about the fact that every identity now has this high, medium, low, or no risk score associated with it. We essentially have the same thing on every device. Every device also has a risk score like that. Mm -hmm. We're able to build this kind of a point of view on the identity because of all that telemetry all that signal comes back to us and we just learn. So the key thing to here to understand is because of what we learn from all the signal that comes back to us, we're able to form these opinions about trusted user, trusted device, trusted identity, aggregate that at the time when access is requested. We've been able to pioneer what the concept of conditional access is in the cloud and then apply that learning to the on-premises assets. And that really becomes the thing that every organization needs to understand is as you move to a world of cloud services and mobile devices, your security model has to change. You still continue to do the same things you always do in terms of your perimeter-based model, but you have to add identity-based security now, and that's what we've done through conditional access. Very cool. And how have we extended uh, those capabilities to Windows Defender? Yeah, so let's actually drop, drop a diagram here. Let's go back to the whiteboard, and you know, I'm going to walk you through a scenario. The scenario here is we're going to have a phishing attack that makes it through the Office 365 security system, and it's a, it's a brand new phishing attack we've never seen before. And so over here, let, let, let's see, uh, let me erase that. Let's say that we have a, a new phishing attack that comes through. It's an email, it somehow makes it through our, our security system. And the key thing for everyone to understand is you have to assume that you've been breached. Yeah. Right? All of us do our best to defend, but you know what? The attackers are pretty darn good as well, so you have to assume breach. So what happens is Windows Defender, Windows Defender ATP is the service that we have running 
as a native part of Windows 10, we're actually bringing it down to Windows 7 as well. It's a behavioral-based solution that monitors behaviors or what's happening on a, on a Windows PC, and if it notices anything out of the ordinary, it can take action. Mm -hmm. So what'll happen here is when that phishing attack makes it through, the first user to click on that, Windows Defender ATP will detect that something is up. Yeah. And so it signals into the graph, hey, there's something going on on this device. I'm gonna go investigate it, but while I'm investigating it, I want everybody to consider this to be a high-risk device. So Intune is over here listening to the graph, and it says, all right, I'm gonna go mark this device now as high risk. Well, then what happens is, anytime anybody attempts to access any corporate data, the conditional access policies of EMS, which is AAD and Intune working together, will block corporate asset. At the same time, Office 365 is listening. Office 365 starts doing its work, and it says, it looks like this particular attack came through this email. I'm gonna go see who else got the email, mm -hmm. remove it from their inboxes, not only from this customer, but I'm gonna go see if this phishing attack is being, is being launched at anybody else, so we learn from one to apply to, uh, to everything. Uh, likewise, our identity as a service, which is Azure Active Directory, will also go, as it's listening to the graph, and say, I'm gonna go look at what's happening with the user. I wanna see if the user that was authenticated on that device where I saw this happening, if it's doing anything suspicious. Mm -hmm. So everything does its work. Defender ATP signals back in and says, hey, all's clear. Either it wasn't a piece of malware or it is a new piece of malware. You know, maybe it's a, a, a new piece of ransomware. It's the first time we've ever seen it. It's patient zero in the world. It signals back in. I've cleaned it. I've now been able to blacklist that particular the IP address, the URL where it came with. I think it's all safe. So Intune lowers the risk of the device. The user gets access to all the data again. And all these systems work together to verify that the device is clean, that the user is clean, and that until those are both verified, that, that access is not given. It goes back to this principle of trusted user on trusted devices using trusted apps. Wow, it's a, it's a really complete solution to be able to take that kind of intelligence as to what's happening in the cloud, what's happening on the device itself, and be able to take some action. And the, and the key thing on this is, you know, I spent, in the last six weeks, I spent two weeks on the road, one week in Australia and then one week in Europe. And the thing, that my biggest takeaway from, you know, what was literally uh, 100 plus kind of one-on-one -on -one customer visits is we just have to simplify. We as Microsoft and what we deliver to you, you as organizations, everybody has to simplify. You know, it's fascinating when you take a look at what most organizations look like, most enterprise organizations, most enterprises have deployed 60 security products mm -hmm. and they've all been uh, deployed to help protect the perimeter. But once a breach happens, very few organizations really understand how to then go be able to detect the breach and investigate and resolve. And in fact, the data on this says that for most companies, the average company, when a, a breach occurs, it's more than 150 days before that breach is detected and then action taken. And just imagine what happens in 150 days. Oh. You know, you look at the, the attacks that are being built today, they're, they're built to spread within minutes or hours. And so our belief is in today's modern world and modern attacks, you have to have solutions that are able to detect these breaches within minutes and react and, and respond within minutes Otherwise, you're just leaving the system and your organization way, way, way too open. Yeah, I can remember a, a, a world when I was actually a hands-on IT guy, and we just get a whole lot of alerts in the console on all of the different uh, pieces of malware that had been found out there. And we'd have to go out and manually remediate those machines. Um, but it wasn't really a, a super high-priority task. But then people weren't as dependent on their technology back then as they are today. Now, it's just important to be able to block very quickly, be able to remediate quickly, and have those actions be as simple as possible for the IT admin. And I think the, the, the main thing everybody watching this has to think about is how good are your detection capabilities and how good are your response. Mm -hmm. And for most organizations, if you're, you're really being honest, you may have world-class defense, 
but very few organizations have got world-class detection and, and response. Okay, so let's walk through a scenario here, yeah. okay? Let, I'm gonna show kind of what it looks like um, in a way, kind of like in the old, uh, you know, Betty Crocker, we've already kind of like cooked this, so they, and now I want you to show what it looks like from an admin yep. console. Okay, so what you're looking at here is on the left side of the screen is a user screen, and the scenario is that the user's gonna open up a document from a thumb drive that has a new uh, ransomware on it. And then on the right-hand side, we're gonna show you what the admin would be seeing. So let's kind of walk through the scenario. So the first thing that happens is the user gets a thumb drive, they put it in, and they open up, you know, a Word document or an Excel document that has, you know, a payload in it, and something starts happening on the device. Well, Windows Defender uh, automatically picks that up. And so over on the right-hand side, Windows Defender picks that up, and what it does is it actually then goes and signals into Intune, you know, hey, you should mark this device as high risk, and that you see that, that, that screen behind. Now that Intune has marked that device as being at a high risk level, back on the user screen, when the user goes and attempts to access any corporate data, they're blocked. And so here they're trying to access, you know, an Office 365 services, and, and we come back and tell them, hey, you know, there is something happening on your device, it's being investigated, but for right now, we're not gonna give you access to the corporate data. Mm -hmm. One of the other really cool things about this, if, if, if a user is using Azure Information Protection, or an organization is using Azure Information Protection, we also block access to that data that's been labeled and classified. And so here you take a look at that screen, the, the user's trying to open up uh, a spreadsheet that is marked as confidential. And the, the conditional access policy says, do not allow a document to be open on a device if that device is high risk, if, if the document is, is confidential. You can see here we're blocking access. Back over on the admin side, Defender ATP is doing its investigation. You know, it's doing all this work to be able to classify what, the, what, what, the, what is happening on the device look at where it came from, make sure that's all blacklisted, clean the machine off. Now back on the, on the user side, the user can actually browse and access personal data. We're just blocking corporate data. And so the user you know, is able to go on and keep doing whatever they want to do in their personal life. And so you know, we're, we're, we're able to understand the difference between corporate data and personal data, mm -hmm. and we only block the, the corporate data. Meanwhile, back on the right-hand side, back on the admin screen, Defender ATP finishes up its investigation. It signals back into the graph that, you know, hey, all is clear, the device is clean, I found a new piece of ransomware that we've never seen before. And then, you know, looking one more time back at the user screen, they go to access corporate email or corporate documents, corporate data, and access is given. Now, the cool part about this is everything you just saw was automated. This is what I, I'm referring to when I say world-class detection and world-class response. And the only reason we've been able to do this is because all these back-end services are aware of each other and via the intelligent security graph, we're communicating so that we can take that quick action, share that data across all these services, and do it in real time. Yeah. It's okay. A, so that's what, that's what it looks like. Maybe you can show us what, how you configure this and what it looks like in terms of the Defender ATP console and the Intune experience. Yeah, let's switch over to my console. And you can see that I'm actually inside of the Windows Defender Security Center here. And I've already gone down to my settings inside of Security Center. Across here on the right-hand side, you can see that I've set up a connection to Microsoft Intune. It's just a toggle. I've gone and turned it on. My next task here is to actually save my preferences. And then when I've done that, I'm going to go across into the Intune console inside of Azure. Then I've gone down into the uh, device compliance node. I've gone down in here to Windows Defender ATP. And just like the other mobile threat defense providers, we're going to connect the Windows Defender ATP uh, cloud service up to the Intune cloud service. So all I've had to do here, uh, by turning this on across in um, Security Center, we see that the connection's enabled. I'm enabling this then for my Windows 10 devices, blocking access to everything for anything that's unsupported by uh, Windows Defender. 
My next step from then on, I'm now receiving signal from um, Windows Defender ATP into Intune. Now what I have to do is get my Windows devices to actually be reporting their configuration, their, their kind of um, incidents up to Windows Defender. So I go and take my configuration package from within uh, Windows Defender, upload it into Intune, turn on abilities like being able to um, share samples so that I can go and do further incident analysis, um, expedite telemetry reporting because I want more frequent um, reports in. Once I've configured that, that's going to push those settings out to my Windows PCs. Next, I need to go and configure uh, a rule which is going to say this device is going to be marked as compliant as long as the risk score from Windows Defender ATP is low or below. So I'm saying there's, there's very little things going to come in through, um, through my protection rules. My next step is to then go and configure a conditional access rule. So I've configured a conditional access rule that's going to require devices to be marked as compliant. What that means is that they have to match the policy I just created yep. that says and the risk level has to be low or no or risk. No risk. Yep. yep. So having done that, I'll then send that out. My PCs will be configured and we'll start to receive incidents coming back into Windows Defender Security Center. And that's what I'm seeing here. This is an incident that's come from this desktop. Um, I can see actually who it is that's um, received this. I can see that it's an Azure AD user called Alice that's received this, um, these incidents. I can actually go down and see what the timeline is for when these incidents were reported in, what executables they were found in. So they were coming from within Winward. I'm guessing that that's actually um, an infected document. If I have a quick look at this PowerShell command line, it's going to show me exactly what happened on the machine. So I can now drill in and I can see that um, it was actually a document that started within winword.exe uh, and then it started to run PowerShell. So PowerShell elevated and it set some scheduled tasks up on the machine. Probably it's put something like a keylogger in place or it's going to run some sort of um, remote terminal in the background so that the user's data is going to be stolen. Now, that's bad, and Windows Defender ATP has actually picked up on that. We've created an incident inside of ATP for my um, defenders to go and investigate, but we've automatically passed that over into Microsoft Intune, and we've marked the device as non-compliant. If I go into Intune, you can actually see this device is now non-compliant. So this device now won't be able to access any resources that are protected by that conditional access. In that concept of a trusted user, trusted device, here we're saying, for right now, this device is not trusted because we're, we, we've detected something suspicious is happening. Absolutely. And this really, honestly, one-time configuration, and then we just have to respond to those alerts when they come in. Very, very simple setup. And I think the, the thing for everyone to just kind of reflect on here as you look at this is, we've just hit the point where the sophistication and the rate at which the attacks are coming in you can't do it on your own. You have to have the power of cloud. You have to have the power of AI backing you. You know, to give you some, some more context on this, today what we're seeing is 94, 95% of all of the malware that we see is now polymorphic. Mm -hmm. And what that means is every time we see it, it's changed. And we actually see more than a million new pieces of malware being reported to us every single day through Defender. You know, and, and the, the, the attacks, the, the engineering, the social engineering, the, the amount of work that goes on as they engineer an attack specific for your organization is remarkable. And, I, and I've said before, you know, you can't admire the, 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 the attackers, but you have to respect them because they're good. And so you have to have capabilities like this right here that we just showed you where you can detect when there is something that is happening. You can then take that detection and automatically kick off the investigation, resolve it. 
But then you want to benefit from, from the, the, the intelligence that is being gleaned by Microsoft around the entire globe. You know, if everything's running in your own data center and you're not taking advantage of the cloud, you're not taking advantage of what we're learning every single day as we operate, you know, more than a million organizations that are using Office 365 and all the organizations that are using Windows 10, EMS, and Config Manager, all the things that you use. This is where the power of the cloud really comes to bear and it fundamentally changes the way that security is going to be done in the future. And, you know, and, and, and our position on this is, in a, in a real-time model of cloud services and mobile devices, where you have to be able to detect in as close to real-time as possible who the organizations that have data that's being put to work you know, through machine learning, through artificial intelligence up in the cloud, these are going to be your key partners. We think we're going to be one of those key partners. You're going to have other key partners who are going to bring their intelligence from the cloud. And then part of our responsibility is to take our data with our partners and the rest of the ecosystem and bring that data, to to bring that data together in a way that helps you protect even more. And that's our promise. All you need to do is go and actually deploy it. It's, uh, lots of people have, uh, have got um, Microsoft 365. They've got these capabilities. They're deploying Windows 10. Uh, you just need to get uh, Windows Defender, ATP, uh, and Microsoft Intune talking yeah. to each other. And go give you a couple data points on that. You know, We've talked about some of these numbers before, but what we've been seeing in terms of both Intune and AAD and in terms of conditional access, we've seen more than a 400% growth in the usage in the last 12 months. Defender ATP, you know, every, mor every Monday morning I have a set of dashboards I take a look at and it's, it's amazing to see how fast the usage of Defender ATP is, is, is accelerating. One of the key things we've heard from a lot of customers is they wanted that back on Windows 7. We've made that promise that will be delivering here in the summer. And so you'll have that capability across Windows 7, across Windows 10, and then we've got these fantastic partnerships with organizations like Lookout as one, who has actually had similar capabilities on other iOS and Android platforms who are now tying into the same kind of integration. And so we're going to do that work across the industry, and if you, are, if you are an organization, you're an ISV that has data, that if you marry your data with our data and put that all to work, we can help our customers even more. That, those are the partnerships that you see us striking up in the industry and getting that integration work done. Brad, thank you very much for coming into the Channel 9 studio. Uh, we've dropped quite a lot of knowledge on you guys uh, during the course of this episode around uh, conditional access, Windows Defender, uh, where ConfigMan is uh, in the marketplace right now. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Please subscribe to the show. Don't forget to subscribe to uh, the Channel 9 YouTube channel so that you can get regular updates on everything that's coming out from Microsoft 365. And we will see you next time on the Endpoint Zone.